Well, I'm greatly honoured to be joined by Humphrey Keller. Humphrey has just launched, before Christmas I should add, a wonderful new book about the GA called A Place to Play. It's really the history of 101 GA grounds around the country and it was shortlisted for Unpost Book Awards in the Best Irish Published Books category as well and we'll talk about that as well. Now, we did have Humphrey on Community Rental Kenny City back a couple of years ago talking about his book GA Family Silver which was all about GA cups and trophies around the country and it was an, an absolutely amazing book as well and this one is absolutely incredible. What motivated you, Humphrey, to go about writing this book because it really is a, a mammoth undertaking. Well, first of all, Nikki, thank you very much for your kind comments. I really do appreciate them. When I set out with this book initially, my thoughts were that there's a lot of people whose names are synonymous with the GAA, but very few people who know who they were. And as you saw and alluded to in the Cups, I was able to give the names of the Lee McCarthy and Sam McGuire and so forth. But nobody knew, in my view, who James Nolan or Nolan was or Fitzgerald, or in my own county of town of Dungarvan, Fraher, who Dan Fraher was. And I started out with that in mind about telling the people. But then as I went along, I realized that there was a bigger, bigger story to tell. And that was essentially about the people, like those fantastic grounds that the Jay can be very, very, very proud of, how they came about. Somebody had to put their hands in their pockets the first day to buy that bit of land. And as time had gone on, less and less people knew who those people were. So that's what motivated me to initially the names of the grounds, but then it got the story got bigger, as I say, to get the people who bought the land. To me, they were real heroes of the GEA. Now, Nicky, you'd know from your experience as former Oakdron about the amount of ground that we have, but the amount of information is not good enough, in my view, for every club to be able to write their history. I'd love for that to happen. And when I looked at the histories of a lot of the clubs, primarily they were about county finals they won, the junior championship or the senior hurling or whatever. But as a kind of an addendum at the back of the book, they might have given one page on the ground. And this is kind of making up for that to some degree about the people behind the grounds. And that's what this book is. It's not really a GA book. It's probably a social history of Ireland at the time. Yeah, I think that's that's, that's very well put. You were very proud of that. The criteria behind this was probably selecting a couple of grounds in each county that hosted inter-county games, either currently or at some stage. Because you you had to draw a line somewhere, otherwise you'd you'd have had a book that you could have had a thousand (laughs) grounds in it and you'd be at it for ten years. Ever. Well, it took me 10 years to do this one. I'll tell you, you're right. If I, I think the GA has something like 17, 1800 grounds around the country. And I had to pick, I, I, as you again mentioned, the cups. I did 101 cups. So I decided I'd do 101 grounds. So I decided on three grounds in every county. And ironically, my own county of Waterford only has two, being Dungarvan and Walsh Park in, in the city. Some of them have four and some of them have two. But it was the criteria being that you would have had to be a county ground status. And that was, as you know, again, was a very sought after status symbol in your club or in your county that you had primary county ground status, that you were allowed to get more money centrally and from the provincial council. So it's a big thing for the clubs, the towns to have that. Absolutely, yeah. Because what it also meant that people were coming into that town they were spending money in that town. If you think of the Thurlises and the Clonuses and the Castle Bars, 
what it means to the those sounds that people are coming for those matches. And one of the things, Humphrey, that's a basic in the book, because there's a little story attached to this as well, the quality of the photography is amazing. And uh, <laughs> you yourself became not just a photographer, but an expert in the use of a drone to take the photography. It's worth recalling that for listeners. Well, I'll tell you, at my stage of life, now I'm in my 70s, Nikki, and I can assure you, I wouldn't be able to turn on the television or to change stations. I'd have to get my children to come in. Now at this stage, my grandchildren to tell me how to do it. But I looked around for photographs of grounds and I looked very hard and I could only find photographs taken from the ground or maybe up in a stand. And as you saw a corner of a stand or a pitch. So I decided to invest in a drone. Again, while it is like everything else in life, once you get to know how to use it, it's not as hard as as you would initially. But there was a lot of training by that. I mean, I went up to my local GA club here in Port Marnock to put it up to make sure I wouldn't hit anything or whatever. And I did learn how to take the photographs. But then I was told by my son at one stage, I was too close to the ground. He says, you need to pan back out. And then my designer said, you need to pan back out further. So the photographs that ended up weren't always the one that started off, Nikki. So I had to go to a couple of grounds a couple of times, maybe. I think I remember going to Castle Bar four times and up to Bally Buffet twice. And I went up four times to Bally Shannon as well. So there was a lot of learning in the drone and I'm very happy now that it's something that I, I might enjoy doing this in the future. Absolutely. Now one of the things we all know with the uh, jade grounds around the country that they're generally called after clergymen or some religious political figures, J officers or ex-players and, and others. So there's an amazing mix there over the years uh, but certainly church names were influential in a lot of cases. Where and you know, they had St. Mary's Grounds and St. Bridges Park up in Dundalk. And I have no doubt, again, you're probably sure if you went through this book, Nikki, you've probably visited every one of these grounds at some stage in your time as, as Oakthorn. But I think, again, the clergy had a huge part to play in it as well because. They were the people, I suppose, to some degree that would have had the money to be able to support these people who are looking for money to, to develop the grounds. But, you know, I was looking at people in Kilkenny in particular now when I saw that one of the grounds is named after John Locke, who I didn't really know who John Locke was, but... John Locke was an amazing guy. He, he was a Fenian. He wrote in the Fenian newspaper and he was jailed at 18 years of age and he ended up going to New York. He wrote a very famous poem called The Immigrant's Anthem. It was recited by Ronald Reagan, President of the United States in 1984 when he came to, to visit Ireland. So the John Locke was a well-known name in Callan, but not necessarily well-known across the country. And, you know, you look at St. Lockton's then, of course, in Freshford. And I have to say... Nikki, I was quite shocked when I learned of the man who gave me a lot of information on that ground, the late Ned Kennedy, who you no doubt would have known. I know very well. In Uh, fact, we did quite a lot of features on uh, Nave Lockton because he came originally from Cork to Freshford. Yeah, oh my God. Well, he was very, very helpful to me. And as Michael Kavanagh told me subsequently that the poor man had died. And I'm looking at those two grounds in particular like St. Lacton's will be 30 years old this year in 2024 and I hope they might celebrate it and, you know, a couple of years' time. I think Nowland Park will be 100 years old. Yeah, but uh, I, so, I remember uh, the original I, field in Freshford called Harrison's. Many is the game I played there and saw there as well. That's so right, yeah. things, things, uh, things Harrison, move on. Yeah. Was there a particular ground around the country that 
kind of touched our heart a little bit more than others. Aside from the, the Waterford ones, which you obviously would have had a connection, was there any particular ground that stood out, you'd say, this looks a very special place? There was a couple of them, and one of the ones in particular was beautiful. The one was a place in Ballycastle, which has a strong Kilkenny connection as well. You go up there and you're looking out onto the sea. The spectacular beauty, but it is not like I saw the photographs on the drone that I saw. The surrounding areas are so beautiful. But the one that struck me, Nicky, I have to say, was a place that I had never, ever heard of and the old adage of you know in the middle of nowhere this ground was in the, in the middle of nowhere and there was a man Tommy Morn who you might have known in a referee in, in Connacht Leitraman, and he I think he's ground and he helped me big time was in a place called Clune Clune St Mary's Park in Clune I was going there with my pal who was with me with the drone and I literally went around this corner and there was this pitch. Not a house in sight, not a church, not a school, nothing near it. But this gem of a pitch with its beautiful clubhouse, with its dressing rooms, with its floodlights, with its scoreboard, with its stand. It's just like as if somebody just come and planted it in the middle of nowhere. And it was marvellous to see that this is a legacy of people who put their hands in their pockets, I say, to build this pitch. Uh, I don't know if you have ever been to Clunicky, but no, my that's God, one of the very well- few I haven't been there. I was glad to see that you included in the book two places I've been to regularly, Rice Slip in London and particularly Gaelic Park in New York, which I have a very great fondness for because of work I undertook there. I was delighted you included both of those in the book. I had to really because they are part of our history and the diaspora in particularly in New York that is would be, I suppose, a very important part for the, the social aspect of people going to New York and that's where they would have met. But also in, in Ryslip, which wasn't the original, I mean, it's only a relatively new ground in Ryslip. They would have played in New Elton, New Elton you know, yeah. previously to that. But there was a man who helped greatly there is McGovern Park. It's a man called Tony McGovern, who, again, a from man who went over there in the, uh, at 17 years of age and he started up was he, a haulage business uh, with his brother and built up to a marvellous, marvellous business there. He's still alive, Tony. And the, it's quite unusual, Nicky, as you know, that cups should not have been named after living people. Correct. And it's strange, but McGovern Park, they may not have had the same criteria for grounds, but certainly McGovern Park is named after Tony McGovern, who's gladly still with us. But those people were marvellous people who invested money in those grounds and, and and we have to pay compliment to Tony in particular who's still with us. The only other one that we hear of but we don't mention too much is the Pronty Pitches that are part of the part and parcel of the GAC now. Who was Pronty? Again another great man that would have been J.P. Pronty was his name. He, he's from Lisneski, Fermanagh. Another great man and there's a great story about him in one of the pitches up in the north that he was meeting somebody and he came out to meet this guy in the middle of the pitch and Pronty's fist was closed and he was wondering what was going wrong. The the guy who was meeting him, they met him out in the middle of the pitch and he says, he said, five of your fists closed. He says, I have a miraculous medal, he says. 
and I want to put it on this ground, he says, for the safety of all the people who play on it. Humphrey, I suppose when you look on it, I mean, we're a very fortunate organisation that we had people in the past who put their hands in their pockets like Frank Deneen did for Croke Park, and he's just one example of many, and bought these pitches, and the GA has continued to invest in them. Yes, it has got some government money, but essentially these pitches have been maintained and developed, enhanced through the, the work and the sweat and maybe a few tears as well of GA members all over the country and overseas. The GA is a marvellous organisation. There's no need for me to say that to you, Nicky, but it's only when you go around and see what they have done. You should be very, very proud for an amateur organisation, but to say that they put in a professional setup is the envy. It's the, probably the biggest real estate holder in the whole of the country at the moment. And I've, uh, I'm involved in a club up here in Port Marnock in Dublin. We have seven pitches around a lovely clubhouse. But they're the vision of those people back in the 1920s and 30s. And Martin O'Neill, former secretary of the Leinster Council, and he, he, his son, Kieran, if you remember, you, of course, you'd know no Kieran as well. Uh, good Wexford men. But those are the people who had the vision. And also Parik O'Keefe back in the day, in the 1930s, that they reinvested money in these grounds. But it's continuous. You know, I've been down in Nolan Park quite a lot. I mean, outside of Crow Park, it's one of the nicest grounds, the stands. And, and what they also do, you know, you've got three stands there in, named after Paddy Grace and Ollie and, and, and Ted Carl. Great people. And we have the opportunity to, to remember those people. But the, the quality of the pictures, there was a, one great story about a, a lad up in Coot Hill and Cavan when I was going up with the drone. And the groundsman came up to me and he said, more or less, why didn't you uh, had the drone up in the air and it was showing what was going on? And he said, God almighty, this is fantastic. Why didn't you tell me you were coming? He said. And I said, why? He said, well, he said, I'd have cut the grass for you, he says, <laughs> to make it look better again. And the pride in which these guys have, I remember going down to Thurlis and Semple Stadium and talking to the groundsman there. Again, unheralded people, Nicky, that we should recognise every time. And I know that there are grounds of the year. I'm aware of that. And I know Nowland Park, I've won it a couple of times. Nice. But I think the people who make that happen we should recognise those more. I know they're probably paid as groundsmen, but they do an amazing amount of work to have that pitch ready for next Sunday's game or whatever. So I think it's a combination of the people who bought it, the people who are developing it, and the people who are maintaining it. To me, they're all, all heroes of the GA. Absolutely. Well, look, a place to play by Humphrey Kelleher is available down in the bookshop in uh, Kilkenny. And of course, you can buy it online as well by Amazon if uh, if that's your preferred method of procurement. It's an amazing book. Humphrey quite rightly says, yes, it's about GA grounds, but it's a social history of Ireland over a large number of years and people who had a vision and who were brave enough to put their hands in their pocket to buy these properties that have eventually come some of the great grounds of Ireland. And of course, there is plenty of wonderful club grounds as well that follow on from that. Look, Humphrey, well done on this. And I've no doubt the book is continuing to do well. It was very well read over Christmas. I've no doubt a lot of very positive pieces in the newspapers about it. And I'm sure it's one of those books that you can leave down and bring up at any stage. 
just my final comment, and thank you for those again, those lovely comments, Nikki. But I was very privileged. Five people, and Ned, God rest him, Ned Kennedy would have been one of them. Five people to whom helped me with the book have passed away. Johnny Hawley, you'd remember him from At Lee. And there's a number of other people who helped me. But I'm going to ask you to ask your people within even in Kilkenny or the surrounding counties to write down the details of your club ground now. Because as time goes on, there's less and less people will know about it. But write it down and start keeping those records in place for the next generation so they all know what happened with your ground and how it came about. Humphrey, a pleasure to talk to you as always. Thank you very much indeed, Nicky, and a Happy New Year to you.